All of you? Yeah, all of you. I don't know. I mean, I remember 1976. How many of you remember 1976? 2016, man, I thought we'd all have rocket ships by now. <laughs> Flying cars and little things in our pockets that we could talk to anybody in the world. Oh, wait, we do have that. New Year. And uh, New Year, uh, same devil. New Year, same devil, same God. Amen? Same God. Big God. And as we're looking at 2016, the beginning of it, it's good to get ready for it. Amen? It's good to be ready for what God has planned and what God's going to be doing in each one of our lives. So this week, we've uh, established or we've uh, set aside this week to be a week devoted to God. What does that mean? And that's what I have on my heart to talk about this morning is what does that mean exactly? What does it mean to have a week devoted to God? And what does that mean for us as a church and what does that mean for us as individuals? And I believe it's good to go in with expectations to something like this. And if, if you have no expectations, it's good to get some. Years ago, uh, I went on a, on a uh, week-long conference trip with uh, Pastor Dan Dennison, uh, Pastor Kevin Humphrey, and I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, what's his name? Used to be the youth minister here before Mike. Roger. Roger Bruin. And we got together and we were we were sitting at a restaurant talking about it. our plan, our plan that week was to uh, was to go golfing. We were gonna go, it was it was coming up, January was coming up, we were already tired of of winter and we were talking about how we could get warm so second week was either the first or second week of january we were going to fly down to north carolina and go golfing for a week and pastor dan called up the day before we were going to get we were all going to get together and we were going to meet and we were going to talk about our plans and have lunch and he called up and he said Hey, I've got a different idea. I need you guys to pray about this. He said, I just heard about a, a series of meetings that are going on down in Florida, and I think we're supposed to go to them. You know, and I'm thinking, no, I think we're supposed to go someplace and play golf. I was very spiritually minded at the, as most of us are most of the time. And I said, and I, you know, but I said that quiet, that was my inside voice. I didn't let my inside voice become my outside voice. But I said, we, we got together, he says, there's these series of meetings and it's in Florida, so it's still warm, and if the meetings are a bust, we could just go golfing all day. Florida's Florida, you know, I mean, it's going to be warmer than North Carolina more than likely. It was, actually, if I remember right, that week in North Carolina was gale force winds and 
It was nasty out there. You know, never still. I don't I think I drove through North Carolina once. So we ended up going to or getting ready to go to Florida and we got together that day for lunch and we're sitting around the table and Roger Bruin asked a question. He said, "What should I expect?" Now, that was, you know, I'm thinking I should expect sun, 70 degrees. I should expect, you know, high golf scores and thought I had a lot of expectations, but that's not what he meant. He thought, if we're going to these meetings, I want to go expecting. I want to be expecting what God wants to do. So we talked about it. I knew nothing about these meetings, and actually none of us knew anything about these meetings. But if you, any of you remember 1994, Rodney Howard Brown had just, uh, 1993, had just closed out a 18-week revival in Lakeland, Florida, and there was a camp meeting, and it was the camp meeting in 1994 that we we went to, and the first service that morning because we went to a to a church that had 10,000 seats. That's the church. That was the church auditorium down there. They had three services a day in the morning. First one started at 8. Second one started at 9.15. The third one started at 10.30. And they didn't stop. Once the services started, they didn't stop. We went to all three services that morning. It was interesting. Things I saw back then that God still stirs up in me now, even now. But that week of meetings changed all of our lives. Forever. Changed the Change the expectation that I had about who God is and what God wanted to do in my life and the life of others. And so, as we went through that week, I quickly began to, to gain some expectations. So as we enter into this week, this uh, week devoted to God, I just had it on my heart to talk about expectations. Talk about um, what each one of us should be expecting. What each one of us can expect. What God wants to do, what God can do, what God will do. And there's all kinds of things on my heart. And all kinds of of directions I could go this morning. And I kept I kept trying to put down notes. And all I was able to do was put down a bunch of verses. And we'll see where the Holy Spirit wants to go. I just read Mark chapter 1, talking about how Jesus was busy about the ministry. He was healing. He was preaching. He was setting people free. And and the and people were were starting to notice and people were starting to show up and they were starting to show up in in a capacity where actually they uh he didn't have much time for himself 
He was getting so busy that the, the, the first and foremost thought on his mind, obviously, was as it says in verse 35, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Go over to Mark chapter 6. Now you may have noticed we've already started the service and I'm already preaching and there's no worship team up there yet. That's alright. It's good to mix things up every once in a while. Mark chapter 6. Beginning with verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told Him all that, had, had, that they had done and taught. This was right about the time that, that uh, Jesus had sent out the disciples and they had gone out and they had, they had been preaching, they had been laying hands on the sick, they had been performing miracles and they were excited and they came back. Verse 31, And He said, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat, in the boat, to a desolate place by themselves. It's good to get away by yourself every once in a while. How many of you have seen on Facebook lately? There's a somebody will post it. It's a picture of a cabin, and it says, "If uh, if you had the opportunity to go to this cabin for a month." And uh, no electronics, no no internet, no TV, all the food and and uh, drink that you need. How many of you would go there and spend a month in this cabin? Oh please! Oh pl- oh oh! Nice and quiet, and you know, serene and trees and birds and no. No, nothing to bother you, nothing to, to distract you. Life has way too many distractions, doesn't it? Life has way too many uh, have-tos. In our, in our family, we talk about have-tos. Have-tos and get-tos and want-tos. Have-tos, though, usually rule, don't they? All the things you have to do. You have to... Get the kids ready for school. You have. I hear a uh. I heard. I heard a uh. Yes, I understand. I hear. I'm with you, sister. Right there. We have to go to work. We don't have to, but you should eat. You know, it's up to you. I look at work as the thing that supplies my habits: sleeping indoors and eating. So it's good to go to work. But I should. I have to. I have to do certain things for church. There's certain meetings I have to show up for, and sometimes when the have tos, which are always important, aren't they? They're always important. There's all these lists of have tos that are so important at the moment. Well, Jesus is healing the sick. Jesus is preaching. Jesus is is doing the work of his father he's doing the work of the kingdom i mean you don't look you know how many of you think you that you can look at jesus and go oh he had to do that well 
You know, at some point in time, you get tired of it, right? I don't know. I have no idea. It doesn't say anything about that. I just one of those things that I, I think about when I read it. The have tos. But many times, the have tos overwhelm the need tos. One of the things we need in our lives that every human being needs, very few do it, is time away with God. Whether it's time away in the morning, whether it's time away listening to His voice, whether it's time away worshiping Him, very few people do that. It's actually a discipline that you have to make yourself do. We have all kinds of things we should do. I should get up every morning and go exercise. There are some people who just do it. I am related to a person who just automatically, that just clicks in, I'm going to go exercise. I'm thinking, I'm looking for ways not to go out. I mean, reasons, I feel pretty fit today. I need more discipline in my life. Especially in that area. But it's good. It's a, it's a very good thing to spend time with God every single day. Every single day. Not just in a week devoted to God, but every single day, it's good to spend time with God. But most of us don't do that. I'm just going to make a blanket saying and say that most of us don't spend time just stopping and listening to the Holy Spirit. Reading the Word. Spending time in His presence. Putting away some of those things that have to be done. Like dusting the furniture again. Some of you are squirming. Dusting is important. It's vital. It is. It is vital. I love living in a clean house. Absolutely love living. It's just awesome. So I don't... Now you're, some of you are thinking, why are you, why are you just filling up time right now? Aren't you? See, I can hear your voices, just so you know. I, the Word says that Jesus perceived what they were thinking. There's times when the Holy Spirit says, tells me stuff that, you know, He goes, they're thinking this right now. Oh, really? Nice. Thanks. <laughs> Why is He just filling up time? Because I'm trying to get every person to a point where you're settled down. There's so many things that are going through your mind right now. There's so many things that are so important and they keep encroaching in your life. Some of you are thinking about food. I should have eaten something this morning before I came. Some are thinking about your plans for this afternoon. Really good plan. Family time. Wonderful time. It's important. Some of you are thinking about tomorrow. I've got to go back to work. Some of you are thinking about going back to school tomorrow. 
Or you're trying really hard not to think about going back to school tomorrow. Some of you are thinking about a football game. A specific football game. But we just get so wrapped up in the moment. So wrapped up in life that we miss the moment. We miss the day. We miss the opportunity. When Jesus came, we just celebrated Christmas. When Jesus came 2,000 years ago, most people missed it. We only know of two, maybe five, maybe a handful more, that we're expecting and waiting for the Messiah to come. We know about the two that were in the temple, and it said both of them spent day and night. Now, yeah, okay, that's not very practical, is it? Spending day and night seeking God, waiting for... Okay, they're probably retired because, you know, they, they were older. But you can spend your work day doing your job, but also attuned to the Holy Spirit. You can take time, even when it's not scheduled, to get away, to spend time. Oh, I should have told you guys, are you recording already? Because I've started. Oh, yeah, they're, see, they're on. They're on. Look at these guys. Being tuned in to the Holy Spirit and having an expectation for Him to do something. For Him to move. 1993, I had been a youth minister for for one year. And I thought I was really good. Just telling you. You know, it's, it's a good thing to be young. And to make your mistakes when you're young. Because that way when you make your mistakes when you're old, they're not as bad as when you were young. And like some people have said, I made all my mistakes before the internet. You know, That way it didn't get posted and reposted. And... 1993, I, ne- I thought I understood everything. I thought I had a, a firm grasp of spiritual things. I thought I had it all figured out. All I have to do is preach this way and say these things and, and these people will get saved and God's going to move greatly because he just he's you know I'm just going to be obedient. My purpose was to be obedient. And as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, God's going to bless it. I had so much to learn. There was so much I didn't know 23 years ago. There's still a ton I don't know. My my concern is not knowing it all. It's just, what don't I know? And it's the, that question, what don't I know, that compels me to His presence. Because one thing is, I don't know Him as well as I can. 
as well as He wants me to. It compels me to spend time in His presence. It compels me to listen for His voice. It compels me to put things down and to listen and to seek Him. Because I don't know everything yet. There's so much. I've learned things in the last month. In the last month, in just following Him and listening to Him and searching Him out, He's shown me things. I'm like, oh man, I didn't know that. He's tweaked things in my life. That's been, I believe, is going to make me more successful in what I do. But I had to listen. I had to take a step out by faith and and set some time aside and, and, and listen. And today marks the the start of the week devoted to God. What does that mean? Is that just another one of Pastor John's uh, harebrained ideas? Is it just another reason to have to have to show up for church? Is it just another whatever? Or is it an opportunity to still ourselves to stop and just get on his time schedule and listen and seek? Even Jesus had to do that. Even Jesus stopped, got away by himself and listened, prayed, sought the Father. I just shared two, and I've got another one. I've, there's many. There's, there's a number of places where it says he went and he spent time alone. Even the night he was betrayed, that's what he was doing when the guards came. He had stopped again. He just, in the midst of everything... I mean, he had a, he, there was a number of things that had to happen that day. And he began it by stopping and seeking the Father. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. Here's another one. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and be healed of all their infirmities. Verse 16, But he withdrew to a desolate place and prayed. Even more, as his ministry increased, even more, as he became more effective, 
even more, the more time that he had to spend giving out, the more time he got away. Most people don't know how to do that, though. Most people don't know how to just shut it down and to listen. Because, hey, I get it. You actually sit down at the end of the day. Some of you, it happens when you go to bed. I won't lay down, but I'll just get you know, be in a resting position here. You sit back in the lazy boy, or you, you go to bed and you lay there, and how many of you, no, don't to raise your hands, how many lay, and then everything starts going through your mind. Because the moment it's quiet, and we're not used to quiet, we're not, we're not used to neutral, our mind wants to keep moving. It, it almost forces us to keep moving. So the idea of, of putting it in neutral for a couple of days or a week is so foreign to us and it's such a, it, a hard concept to, to get a hold of because we just don't do it. But it's because we don't do it that our life gets more clogged and more clogged and more clogged. Number of years ago, when I was at Abundant Life, I was, I was something. I don't remember what I was. I was, I mean, I know what I was, but I mean, I was a youth pastor at one time. I was the administrator at one time. I was the good shepherd uh, principal. I was the janitor. I was the. I was doing all of those things at different points, and but at some point in time. We felt led to spend every morning in prayer. To spend the first hour of each day, each day, in prayer. So we picked a time, 9 o'clock, so we we all decided we're going to be there at 9 o'clock. We met in the conference room, and we spent an hour praying. And I want to tell you everything. Came, across, came against that time. Everything. I mean, every fire that just could possibly get started would start at 5 to 9. Every reason, good reasons, every reason not to spend an hour in prayer came up. But we kept doing it. We kept forcing ourselves. We just kept being faithful. It was discipline. We, we disciplined ourselves to, to get there as quickly as we could and to pray for an hour. And I'm going to be honest with you. Because if I'm not honest, it's just, it's, it's just where I'm just wasting our time. Many of those mornings, most of those mornings, I sat there and went, and we prayed. But you know, there's only so many times you can pray for an event or a person. Or Now, and that may sound bad to some of you. How many of you have ever just spent time praying for the same person day after day, week after week? 
There's only so many things you can say. So then, so then, being you know of the ilk that we are, we'd, we'd slide over into tongues. To the point where pretty soon we just started out in tongues and it never left there. Because you don't have anything else to say. What else is it? What else can... God, did you know that so-and-so needed this help? But we kept doing it. We kept doing it. We kept doing it. Week after week. Month after month. Every morning, 9 o'clock, as best... I mean, and I'm saying, we, everything tried to stop, but every time, everything tried to get in the way. But we'd be there as often as we could, and, and as much as we could, and we prayed. I looked back after that year, it was the most productive year I've ever had. It was amazing. It was amazing by just setting aside time to hear the voice of God, to, to humble yourself, humble myself, humble ourselves before Him, and to allow Him to be number one. That hour a day. Now, I wished I could tell you, and I told you I'm being honest, I'm going to be honest. We didn't continue it. For whatever reason, there got to be good reasons. Now, I'm sure there's all kinds of good reasons why we quit doing it corporately every day. And there was no condemnation. Jerry was there. And Jerry was in in those prayer times that whole year. I've never thought less of her for stopping. I pray that she never thought less of me for stopping. It's not about that. It's not about, oh, you should have been there. Yeah, if you'd only been there, God would have moved greatly in your life. It's not about shame. It's not about, it's not even about have to. You know, if, it, if, if time with God becomes a have to, you've lost it. I've lost it. If if my measure of Christianity is based on whether I show up for a prayer meeting or not, then we've lost sight. We've lost perspective on what what it's all about. Time away with God is just that. It's time away with God. It's time away with Him. It is a choice that we as individuals have to make. It's a choice that when we set that time aside, we settle ourselves. things will be heard. Amazing things 
will be experienced. Amazing things will be understood by the Spirit of God. Pastor Karen, are you waiting for the kids? Kids, if you want to be dismissed, thank you so much for being here. Through my the first third of my Doing things God's way. When um, when we've gone to Uska in Hungary with Dan and Marta, and we've ministered there many, many times now. Many times. And there's been a few times where the Holy Spirit moves in the most amazing ways. The most, the most powerful ways. I mean, just stuff that would blow your mind. I mean, just it's like, wow, unbelievable that God does these things. It's absolutely just wonderful. And then when we've gone back, subsequently as we've gone back, there's an expectation that that happens every time. We can hardly wait till they come back because when they do, whoo, it's going to get wild. I remember that Vern and I think no Mary wasn't there that trip Vern and and Pavel and and Dan and Marta and myself and I think Thomas maybe maybe Thomas was or wasn't there I don't remember but we had three prayer lines all going at the same time three prayer lines in a room collectively if you took half of this stage and put it together with the other half That's how big the whole room was. There was over a hundred people in there, and us, and chairs. Three prayer lines. People laying all over the place. People running out of the building. Getting their friends, pulling them back into the meeting. Unsaved friends. Their friends got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed on the floor. They'd get up. They would run out. Amazing. Absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, just stuff where you stand back after the fact and you go, oh, that's so cool to be a part of that. And it just, you'd love every second of every day to be like that. And then the next time we go back, they're expecting it, man. I mean, whoo! They're calling their friends. You've got to come to this meeting. It's going to be wild. And then the Holy Spirit says, get up and preach. Don't smile. No emotion. No hype, nothing. Just speak about the importance of the Word as a foundation for your life. Because huh. you start to preach, okay? So I start sharing and I start preaching and I, I can't, I'm not supposed to show any emotion. I'm not supposed to get weepy. I'm not supposed to get, <gasps> I'm just supposed to, the most important thing is not 
crazy wild running around the room, everybody falling down. That's not the most important part. The most important part isn't even the healings. The most important part isn't the, the wild display of the Holy Spirit. The most important part is God. However He wants to manifest Himself. And unless we have a foundation of the Word of God, Jesus, everything else is just gravy. It's just frosting. I love frosting, but if you, you can't live on frosting alone. And the whole sermon was just saying, so you're watching the crowd, and the crowd's from <gasps> to. This is boring. What a bust. Where was the Holy Ghost more manifested in? Both. This is the weirdest service that I've ever been in, John. You're just talking and just keep talking. It's not like just a sermon where you've got a point. What are you talking about? Our lives are, are, are concrete blocks of have-tos. And concrete blocks of unrealistic expectations of who God is and what He's going to do and how do I know that He's actually active in my life. And this morning, I'm setting a realistic expectation. That's just beautiful. <laughs> On so many levels. Because all week this week, the Holy Spirit's been just dealing with me on some different things. And one of the things He said, He says, during this week, there's going to be long, protracted times of silence. Long, protracted times of just sitting and listening for the Holy Spirit. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know where. I just know there's going to be long, protracted times of just sitting and listening for the Holy Spirit yourself. That takes discipline. And I remember years ago, it was at Christmas time, and I could tell when we started the service one morning, I'm, I'm getting ready, we're getting ready to start the service, and, I, and I, in, in my spirit, I, just, I hear the Holy Spirit say, everybody is just worked up. You've got to settle down. You've got to help them settle down. I said, okay, how do I do that? He said, just, just stand up and say, hey, we're just going to have a, a moment of silence. We're just going to have a time of silence. So everybody just says, let's, let's just you know, relax, just put, your, put everything down. Just, we're going to have a moment of silence. And, and as we do, we're just getting quieter and quieter, and we're sitting there in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to fall. And as we're sitting there quietly, and the Spirit is increasing in the room. You can just feel the, the tension and the, and the busyness of the week starting to, to fade away. And in the middle of that silence, a baby in the back row belches as loud as you have ever heard. And everybody just lost it. If you were there, how many of you remember that moment? Yeah, I know, there's hands all over the room. 
It was beautiful. All tension was gone. So as the Lord is telling me this week, there's going to be long, protracted time to silence. I said, what if a baby burps? Huh? Was it Ashley? No, it wasn't Ashley. Purposing to set aside to hear, set aside time to hear the voice of God. That's what this week is all about. It's taking time to just say, "Okay, God, I'm yours. My time is yours." Now, realistic expectations. It was my purpose since August when when God first put this in my heart. It was my purpose. I checked back in August when the Viking-Packer game was going to be played. Because whether we would have started tonight or Monday was all hinged on when that game was going to be played. Because I'm not... You know, the Bible says, don't put reasons in front of people to sin. And, and, and by putting them the game, the, having the meeting right at the time when the game is going to be played... You know, it was just, I don't want to put that temptation in front of people. I found out that the game was at noon. I thought, okay, we're, we're good. I could not predict when the game was going to be played. Now, for those of you who are sitting, the people, sitting there judging the people who have a desire to see the whole game tonight, starting at 7.30, you're going, well, they're going to put football in front of God. How many of you know that Downton Abbey starts at 7 o'clock tonight? (laughs) We'll see who's more spiritual. Actually, neither of those have anything to do with it. It isn't about whether you show up or not. I'm not going to take role. And nobody else should either. It isn't about, oh, didn't show up. <laughs> well, you missed it. Although I do love saying, some, sometimes people say, I couldn't be at service. What happened? I said, Every, the Holy Ghost fell. Everybody got healed. It was the most amazing service I've ever seen in my life. I go, sure, when I was gone. But it isn't about, well, we'll see which team is going to be better represented tonight. In the presence of the Lord. Although I will, it'd be fun to see how many Viking fans came and how many Packer fans came. And how many Downton Abbey fans showed up. It's not about attendance. It's about heart. It's about heart. I want to say that straight out. I want to say it at the beginning. Whether you show up or not, that is your deal. It's my deal. There's a meeting, not one of the evening meetings, but there's one of the day meetings, I have something else I have to do. I'm not going to be there for one of the times of prayer, one of the, the corporate. I don't, it's, it's not about, well, if you'd only been there, God could have really moved. And it's not for you to feel guilty. So if at any point you're like, I'm not going to go, then don't go. Except you, you have to be there. You have to lead in worship.
not about have to, is it? When church becomes a have to, then we missed it. It's not about what happens and what doesn't happen. It's about setting time away to hear the voice of God. A number of years ago, I got a phone call from Robin Roberts, and, and he said, I, he's, I've had it in my heart to do a prayer meeting. And he says, you're on my heart to be a part of it. He says, can we meet somewhere? And we've, we actually met in, in the area here. We found a cabin, and there was, I think, six of us that met together for three days. Three days from 9 o'clock in the morning till 9, 10 o'clock each night, three days and all we did was just fast and pray. Well, that's another thing. Fast and pray, it's up to you. All I know is we're supposed to have a week devoted to God. If God moves on your heart to fast, go for it. It's not a have to. It's not an expectation. It's not a, why aren't we, why aren't we fasting? Why don't we call a church-wide fast? Don't feel led to. Praise God. But we spent three days fasting and praying. The first day. I mean, he told me ahead of time, I had never done this before ever in my life. I had never spent that much time just seeking God. And he said, John, you kind of want to get yourself ready for it. You want to start preparing because the body and the mind doesn't want to sit still for very long. If you haven't haven't done much of it. And was he right? That first day it felt like I was ready to... Unleash. And we prayed all day long, into the night, hour after hour of just in His presence. And at the end, I get in my car to drive home and I'm thinking, what the heck was that? Nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing. There was no revelations. There was no goosebumps. There was no, whoa, I've never heard of that before. And I went to bed that night, and I fully expected the Holy Spirit to say, oh, that's okay, just wait till tomorrow. The next day we got together and we prayed all day long into the night. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing amazing happened. Your mind starts to go, is this really necessary? The third day, we start praying. Nothing's happening. And at the time, this was many years ago, I was the junior member of the group. Everybody there was 20 years older than me. Uh, maybe one not t- quite 20. But everybody was older than me, so I was, I was constantly, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm just there as support. I'm just there to fill out the room. I fill out the room. I tend to do that. I'm just, I'm just the other guy that they, you know, that's there. And we pray all day long. Nothing. We get into the middle of the afternoon. 
nothing. And, I, and I'm just letting them pray. I'm amening when, they're, when they pray something in English. I'm just amening it, thinking we're just going right along. About three o'clock that afternoon, after two and a half days of spending time in the prayer, just constant time, and I hadn't prayed hardly anything. I just shared something the Lord had showed me, which was really weird. I felt weird for even saying it. It didn't seem to fit until everybody told me that it perfectly fit. I was just like, okay, well, I, I don't know. But I was there as support. I wasn't there as anything. And about three o'clock that afternoon, minding my own business, wasn't planning on saying anything. And all of a sudden, I began to pray out loud. And as I began to pray, it switched from prayer to prophecy. And the Lord spoke through through me something that is still happening today. And it didn't happen for about 10 years. It was powerful. Someday I'll share it. I, I'm not at liberty to share it yet, but you'll see. began to prophesy it out. And as I prophesy, I'm thinking, what am I doing? Literally, I'm sitting there thinking, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want, oh, these guys are now going to judge this, they're going to stone me, I'm sure I'm wrong. And I get done. And that was it. The whole rest of the prayer meeting was normal. Except that wasn't normal. Something happened. If I hadn't shown up, if I hadn't been, one night I'm sitting over there in an Acts 13 meeting. Acts 13 is a group of ministers from all over the United States and they gathered here many times over a number of years back in the back in the 90s. And we would just have days, long days and nights of, of prayer. And I'm sitting over there. And all of a sudden it goes into one of those times of silence. And you think, well, silence. What does that mean? Because everybody ran out of something to talk about. No. It's just silence. We just sat in the presence of God. And at that point, I'd been really struggling with I really want to live somewhere warm. I like warm. I don't like cold. I'm jealous. Actually, I'm not jealous anymore. I used to be jealous. But I like warm. I like sunshine. I like not having to scrape my windshield. I like not having to put on layers. I like warm. And I had been asking the Lord, Lord, you know, at some point, you know, if it's in your will, oh Lord, Arizona, Nevada, somewhere dry and warm. Not humid and warm. Some people like humid and warm. But I've been really struggling with that. I mean, really struggling. I really wanted to live somewhere warm. I'm sitting over there, and it gets quiet. And, and Robin was ministering. He just sat down. He went over and sat down because it was just, we just, and we sat there. For it seemed like forever. And you could think, well, shouldn't something be happening? I mean, it's getting late. It was actually very late that night. Shouldn't we, like, go to the hotel? Or shouldn't we go home? Or, you know, you start thinking of, hey, let's, let's organize this somehow. 
And we sat there for the longest time. The longer we sat there, the heavier the presence of the Lord got. One of the words in the Bible for the presence of the Lord is a weightiness. It's like a mantle. It's like a, a heaviness. Not heaviness like, like uh, uh, sorrow, but a heaviness like good. Warm, warm uh, quilt on a cold night. And this weightiness just kept getting heavier and heavier to the point where I'm thinking, this is really, really cool. This is like really, really fun. And in the middle of that, I have my eyes closed. I'm just sitting there. Nobody's ministering. And all of a sudden, I see a vision. I don't see visions. I I very, very seldom ever see visions. I have dreams. God talks to me all the time through dreams. That means I'm an old man, yes. Uh, But with my eyes closed, I see a vision. And this vision is darkness. (laughs) <laughs> you thought it was something spiritual. And it is for spirit. It was darkness. I had my eyes closed. Eyes closed, it was darkness. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, in the darkness, I start to see snow falling. First one flake, and then two, and then more. Pretty soon, it's just a, you know that, when you look out the window at night in a, in a quiet winter night and the snow is falling it's beautiful isn't it I'm just sitting there looking at it and I'm like Lord that is so beautiful and as soon as I said that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said get used to it (laughs) well there you go It settled something in me that night. It's amazing. Just something so simple can settle you into what God is calling you to do and to be. And I don't know what that is. No, no manner and length and of me persuading anybody can, can do what God can do in a moment. But we have to listen. We have to be attuned. We have to take time to set aside the cares of the world and to seek Him. Worship team, why don't you guys come on up? Ushers, let's prepare communion. We're going to finish out the sermon. I, I promise I'm only going to stand up at the end and pray and dismiss us, more than likely. As far as I know at the moment, my purpose isn't to preach anymore. We're going to receive communion. As, as this first Sunday of the new year, 2016, we're going to start out the week devoted to God by devoting it to Him. So I've told the worship team we're going to worship at the end. We're just going to go into that and worship. But I wanted to worship from the right perspective. And it took this amount of time to get us in the right perspective. It's taken this long to get me in the right perspective. But we're going to receive, I mean, we're going to receive communion. Then we're going to go into worship. 
And what I want you to do is just turn off expectations as far as the, the turn off the, the moment and turn on your expectations for God. Listen for Him. Commit to, your, to commit to Him and to yourself that as He leads this week... Now, week devoted to God isn't necessarily here. It's, it's, it's wherever you are. You could have a week devoted to God wherever you are. We're just going to make. We're just going to facilitate opportunities for corporate because corporate time away for God is powerful. Individuals powerful. Corporate, we do it all. So during the week, as I've shared, each night from seven to eight thirty, we're going to be getting together for service, for a time to to worship, to to listen to Him. There may be preaching. There may maybe not. There may be. There more li- more than likely will be baptisms this week. If you have not yet been baptized, this would be an, o- an awesome opportunity to be baptized this week. There may be times of communion. There may be times of offerings. Because as a week devoted to God, we're just doing, we're going to follow Him. We're just going to do what He tells us to do. Brian, we're just going to, I'm going to have the usher stand at the back door today to receive the offering. We're just going to finish out that way. But we're going to set aside a week devoted to Him. Come as often as you can because you might think of yourself as a support person and you might think of yourself as not important and not, you know, it's not vital that you're there. But you may have the very word that sets somebody free. You may hear something from somebody else that'll change your life. Nothing may happen at all that you think nothing's going to happen. But as you go through the week, God may do something in you that sets you on the right course for the whole year. I encourage you to to follow the Holy Spirit. I'm not even encouraging you to be here as often as you can. I'm encouraging you to follow the Holy Spirit. And if He leads you to be a part of the corporate stuff, set everything else aside. Every morning at from 10 until 11.30, we're going to have corporate prayer. The building will be open from whenever the first person gets here with a key till 9 o'clock at night. You can come in. You can pray. Anytime we'll have music on the sound system. You can come if... if, if if you feel led to come in at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, please do. You can come in and just sit in the presence of the Lord, whatever you want to do. If you want to do that from your cubicle at work, do it. Be led by Him. But my, my challenge this morning is to set aside a week for Him. To be led by Him. Follow Him this week. Now, so ushers, we're going to receive communion, then we're going to go into a time of worship, and then the ushers, if you'd be ready to re- just to receive offerings in the back by the two doors, as you're led, thank you for your giving. I have two quick announcements for other stuff that's going on. First of which is the women's Bible study is starting not this Friday, but the following Friday. 
that women, the women's Bible study is starting for that. And then the following, this following Wednesday, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, everything starts back up for all of our classes on Wednesday night. Uh, Jerry Jones is going to be teaching on uh, being in the presence of God, knowing, knowing God, being in the presence of God. Uh, Jason and Renee are going to be leading uh, the, uh, um, I got it, don't, I'm just, just changing gears, parenting, doing a parenting class. There's no cost for that, but they need to know how many, how many booklets to print up. Uh, Dennis and Kathy will be finishing up uh, Alpha. That's going to be finishing up starting not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. And I'm going to be doing the 101 class uh, again for anybody who's not been through that, talking about who we are as a church and why we do the stuff we do and where we came from and all and where we're headed. So that's all starting up not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Otherwise, 10 o'clock every morning, 2 o'clock every afternoon from 2 until 3.30, we're going to have corporate prayer also, and each night from 7 until 7.30. And then, Saturday, Friday night and Saturday, we're having the RVFM. This Friday night's going to be just another night of week devoted to God. Saturday, we, we start at 10 o'clock in the morning. Everybody that's that we minister with on a regular basis, that's why Dan and Martyr are in town, and Pastor Dan and Claudia will be here, and, and Roger and Myrna, and, and uh, uh, Tom Baki and his his folks up there in in, uh, in Grandy and and uh, Jonah and uh, Amy and their folks from St. Croix Falls and Vern yes Vern will be there and we'll be everybody will be ministering on Saturday uh, starting at ten two meals will be served noon and uh, six o'clock meetings will go straight through until six. We're doing our final meal at 6 and we're done. We're not going to have a meeting in the evening on Saturday. Uh, come on out for all those. We're having Herbert and Gerberts for lunch. It'll be wonderful, amazing. And then for the uh, dinner meal, uh, BC's Mongolian is uh, going to cater that. So be, those are all the announcements that I can think of. Did I miss anything of pertinent, pertinent information? So let's set some time aside for him the Bible says on the night he was betrayed he took the bread and he said this is my body broken for you as often as you do it do it in remembrance of me and then it says he took the cup and as he took the cup he said this is my blood the blood of the new covenant the blood shed for you for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So as we sing the first song, here's what I would like the worship team to do. They're going to sing the first song. When you see the everybody has been served, then I'm going to come back up here. Everybody hold this until we're all together. Amen? We're going to receive this all together. So just pass this around. Do it the best you can. The ushers will help you. Worship team, if you'll sing the first song. Okay. This is what's on my heart. We're going to be doing that a lot this week, just following the, the heart of God, doing as he's, led, he's leading. There are certain times when 
It's good to, to do things, to actually act them out. And this morning, I feel led for us to do this. I'm going to pray, and we'll receive communion. But as we pray, I feel led to kneel. Now, I didn't grow up Catholic. Some people did. And maybe when you left there, say, I'm never going to do that again. It's your deal. It's not about have-tos. not about having to do one thing or another. A number of years ago, Greg and I were at a concert, and we're in this huge tent, and there were a few hundred people in this concert, and the guy standing up front yells, We need to be more dedicated to God! And everybody cheered. And to show our dedication to God, everybody, I want you to kneel right now! And the whole place knelt, except for Greg and I. And I stood there and I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? And the Holy Spirit said nothing. He said, I didn't lead you to kneel. Okay. He's leading me to kneel. If you want to do so, awesome. But we're going to pray. Some can't kneel. That's fine. Don't, don't worry about that. If you feel led to, I want you to do that. And we're going to pray and we're going to dedicate this week and this year to Him. Amen? Father, we humbly come before you this morning. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we dedicate this day to you. We choose in our hearts to dedicate this week to you. dedicate 2016 to you. Father, I thank you for everything you've done in our lives. Drawing us to you and redeeming us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Setting us on a path that's worth living. Father, thank you that Jesus' act of obedience made a way where there was no way. This morning, we do remember Jesus. We remember what he did for us. And with that same heart, I pray, with your help, we submit ourselves to you. Lord, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Live through us this year, Father.
took the bread, broke it. He said, do this as often as you remember. of the meal he took the cup he said do this as often as you remember amen the bible says that jesus is the light coming come this week expecting more light for paths shall be open brighter, and greater light shall shine upon the path of your lives. For ministry that are here, there will be more extension, and more light shined upon the way that thou should go in the days ahead. For the days will be bright with God's shining light, and greater illumination will be shown unto thee. Praying and seeking. The Bible says, wise men still seek God. If you'll come, bow your heart to God. The light will shine greater on your personal life, on marriages, and on the path that lies ahead. For the Holy Spirit will illuminate and will designate and straighten out crooked ways. For the Spirit of the Lord is moving, and His move cannot be stopped. Come expecting, come looking for revelation, and it shall be imparted to you, saith the Spirit. Amen. I'm going to dismiss the service. You can leave. We're going to head out. See you tonight at 7 o'clock. Worship team, I think, may have one more song. But if you need to head out, I understand. Go ahead and do that. We're going to worship. Leave when you feel led to. That's kind of the way the week's going to be. We're not going to have hard stops. Just kind of be led and, and go as the Holy Ghost goes. God bless. Have a wonderful week.